I'm kind of working twofold here. My uh, printer didn't uh, print my first page, which is interesting. I love mornings like this, right? When everything it doesn't work well and you're in a rush and God gets to really show you, hey, here's some more things you could work on, you know, when, as you're engaging with people. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun day for us. Yesterday we celebrated Christmas uh, with Tori's mom, uh, with, Tori, with Tori's parents and their family, right? So that would be the Hoy family. That's Tori's maiden name. Um, so her brother and and his wife and family and her parents and all our kids and not all of them, but most of them. And then today we're rushing out. We're going to celebrate Tori's mother's side of the family Christmas, and it's. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a lot of fun, you know, and I'm, and I'm excited about that. Um, so uh, I was thinking about this message for today, um, you know, and you know, at, we, we talked about last week, uh, you know, as close as it, it gets, you know, and then the week before that, the pros and cons of Jesus's birthday and, um, and Jesus arriving here on earth and what could I impart, what can I bring to the table this time, you know, and I thought, just how simple can I keep it? How simple can I keep it? Because there's a lot you've got to think about. There's a lot that people try to throw in to Christmas and a lot of things people have to encounter with. So I, I, the, um, as simple as it gets is what I came up with. As simple as I get, as, as it gets. And that's what I'm trying to keep it as. I was thinking through different titles, which is always fun to me because it helps ignite this creative side that I try to dwell in. And um, did I get it louder? Did I? <clears throat> um, and one of them was KISS. Anyone ever heard that acronym before? Keep it simple, <laughs> stupid, and I thought that probably wouldn't be fitting because you guys aren't stupid by any means, but you can go keep it simple saints, hey, right? Yeah. Right, you know, or if you, you know, right, keep it simple sweetie, or you know, if you wanna look from the negative side of it, keep it simple center, or, <laughs> if, you, if, or if you wanna get funky with it, or you know, jazzy with it, keep it, sis, keep it simple sister. You know, so, but that's, that's, that's going to be the gist of it, right? As, as simple as it gets, right? And the goal is because Jesus is here and he's presented, you know, you'll we'll, we'll, um, go over that. And he wants to encounter us. So encountering Jesus is simple. That's the thing. Encountering Jesus is simple. But I don't want to dive too far. I want to I I make a couple things known, right? We talked about, right, Jonathan Hub and the message before, and we learned, one of, one of the things that stood out to me was, we learned it, it's not about Mary, but it, it's about the story of God and how he engages with his people, how he, he has a relationship with his people. And a week before that was the pros and cons. And we learned that the pros and cons of Mary's pregnancy with Jesus not only affected her life or had implications on her life, but has implications on ours. And as I thought back through that message, one of the things that I felt, one of the cons is you can be misunderstood. Uh, when God gives you something originally, something is birthed in you that you know it's from God, and you try to explain it to someone, you can be misunderstood, all right? I remember um, when Tori and I got to, uh, started dating and, and was on the verge of getting married, there was some misunderstanding from people on both sides of our families that said things that wasn't, wasn't, wasn't good because of our interracial relationship. But the thing that happened, though, was that two people had some birth in us, that the love for one another uh, was there. And some people didn't understand that. And going into ministry, even to this day, my dad doesn't understand what I do. 
He's like, hey, have you got your teacher certificate yet? No, Dad, I'm, I'm in the schools because that's part of what I'm doing for ministry. Well, have you got this coaching opportunity yet? I, I coach at the schools, Dad, because that's an opportunity I want to take to, you know, be evangelizing and, and be in the schools or be in a community. And so he's always, you know, when ministry was first birthed in my mind, like, that's the thing I want to do. That's what I think God is calling me to do. Pops was like, I, I don't get it. He, you know, just misunderstanding. But... With that, over the years, you can just see how it's grown, and he's understanding more and more. But those are the two things, um, you know, I wanted to remind us of the message. Because as this, the, as this is the last message you're going to hear from Blue Month Church in this setting of this year, I think it's important for us, like you saw that we won't be meeting on the 24th and 25th. It's important that there's, the, if you look at the website, and you see the different series it's from the Manhattan Messiah to the um, uh, fake identity to um, I forgot what the one was before that. And, and then going through Peter and going back into uh, the spring, you see a wealth of resources there that you could take an opportunity to go ahead and binge listen to some of those messages again as you go into what I'm, what am I going to change for this new year? What am I going to change for this new year? So that uh, doesn't typically have anything to do with how we're going to keep things simple, but I wanted to remind us of that and that opportunity, especially since we won't be able to, we won't be meeting like this uh, next Sunday. Um, and, for, and this is the last time of this year. So uh, Jesus desires to be with us. And that's as simple as it gets because he desires to be with us. Encountering Jesus is simple. All right. Uh, what happens after that could be tough. Could be a tough decision you have to make. And so what I would like to do before we just dive right into looking at how we can keep things simple, how this expanding on this theme of encountering Jesus is simple. I want I don't um, we, we've been reading through this birth, that story of Jesus. And I don't want to just skip over the first half of Luke, two, All right. Because the part I'm going to speak from is where Simeon is in the temple and, and Jesus is revealed to him. And so what I would like to do is something simple. It's just read that first half, and I would like to see if there's any volunteers of people that would want to read some of those verses for us. All right, what's your name? John. John, okay. You want to read that? You have your Bible? No, I don't have one here. Okay, well, I, okay, well, we'll have it here on the screen for you. Why don't you read this first slide for us? Thank you very much. Um, and I'm amazed at that, you know, the first half of the Bible, the Old Testament talks about this prophet to come and, and say he's going to come from Bethlehem, et cetera, et cetera. And to go back, if you were living in that time, to go back and you get to see now it laid out like, oh, he was, Mary was in this certain area, but because of his, her, uh, Jesus' dad bloodline, he had to go to a certain area. You could see the prophecy unfolding. Who else would like to read for us? All right, Tobin in the back. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth, and laid him in a manger. That threw me off also. I, I know. Uh, 
because there was no lodging available for them. Uh, that night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Thank you. Uh, who else would like to read? All right, go ahead. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel assured them, do not be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, Jesus Christ, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped in snuggles, wrapped snuggles, <laughs> I'm used to that swaddling clothing. Anyone else that would like to read for us? Yeah, oh, sorry, she beat you, but you can read the next one. That was neat. He had a concert. A guy had a personal concert. All right. Mm -hmm. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was a baby lying in a manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about the child. All who heard the shepherds' stories were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all that they had seen and heard. The angel Deal. What's the next slide? Oh, Manhattan Messiah, simple as it gets. That's what I pick up at. For those who are in uh, listening land, we just read Luke 2, chap uh, verse 1, all the way through, um, uh, I forgot exactly what verse that was. 16? 14? 16? I heard. <laughs> it sounded like the price is right. <laughs> <laughs> but the part before... Uh, Simeon comes into the picture. Uh, in one word, who would like to tell us how that makes them feel? What was read in one word? How does that make you feel? Snuggly. Snuggly. <laughs> Snuggly. Anyone else? Joyful. Giddy. Mm-hmm. Incredulous. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was gonna say it too. What, what, is, what, what does that mean? Astonishing. Astonishing. Love it. Love it. It does. In 20 seconds, who can tell us what they got from that section of scripture that was being that, that had been read? I know. It's all about miracles. Okay. Mm-hmm. Full of miracles, uh, humble sherp, uh, shepherds um, being uh, shared about this miracle, this, the, the Savior to be here. Anyone else? It's okay to be afraid when something really awesome happens. It's okay to be afraid when some, something really awesome happens, yes. Hmm. It's so simple, but it's so grand. It's so simple, but it's so grand. Jesus was prophesied, you know, he was going to be a 
That's awesome. That's awesome. So we just heard about just the lineage and how all those things came to get together at what at what, what Jesus, what God was doing, and 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 Jesus' arrival. So that's that's so amazing. So thanks for everyone who participated. I don't have a gift for you except for the one that Jesus is born in here with us. So um, moving forward, this really poses a scenario for us. <clears throat> People have been alerted that Jesus, the Christ, the Savior of the world, is born, but he hasn't been presented, all right? And he's about, and that's this part of the story we're about to go to. He's about to be presented in the temple. Um, as people who want to encounter Jesus, encountering Jesus could be, you know, strengthening your relationship with him, be transformed by him, maturing your faith. What's that, what does that mean for us? And I want to make that clear, whether you or make something clear, whether you would say, look, Jesus is not my Lord and Savior, but I'm interested in him or I really don't care who he is. Or you're the person who says Jesus is my Lord and Savior and you've been following him for, since itty bitty, you know, or only a couple months to for years. What we are hearing and what we're about to hear has implications for our life. And there's a response that 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 will be drawn from us and then you just have to decide if you want to act on that response or not because i believe jesus will put something on your heart to do uh, regarding that it can be hard to reenact the excitement of jesus jesus's birth um you, it's it can be hard to re i wrote what i want to say down incorrectly let me say it so i can say it clearly it can be hard to reenact the excitement of Jesus' birth when you have multiple opportunities to do that. Like for us, celebration of Christmas yesterday, celebration of Christmas today, celebration of Christmas for us and our family on the 25th and when I, we go down to Houston to visit. And sometimes we lose that. But I think we can maintain what that impact means and the implication of Jesus' life being here if we just keep it simple. And I think that Simeon helps give us the first thing with that. And, and the, the two things are, are you eagerly waiting and are you showing up in places where Jesus has a tendency to show up? Okay. And so starting at Luke 2.25, it says, At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Now, when I thought about Simeon, I thought that he looked like a particular character that I had seen before. And anyone, would anyone agree? I mean, when you think about this guy being devout, working hard, you know, eagerly waiting for something, every time there was this like tense moment in Home Alone, I was like, man, that's got to be what Simeon looked like. You know, someone who was just faithful, doing what he was supposed to do, keeping things simple. And so, um, but the fact that this is a man is important, all right? If we could just flip back to the scripture. Um, the fact that this man is important to know, it's important to know because in today's culture, you don't find many men eagerly waiting. You don't find men eagerly waiting. What is eager? They're excited to do whatever the next thing is. Eagerly waiting for the Messiah, right? E eagerly waiting to to see this person who's supposed to save us from 
from our sins. Um, I, I often wonder, as I was reading through this and preparing for, preparing for this message, is if the eagerly waiting that he did helped him to be a righteous person, to be devout. And I, I just wonder if and in that moment, as he was thinking about, man, what could this be like? Is he going to come like this? Is he going to be, uh, you know, is he, you know, is he going to come full human? Is he going to, you know, just what, whatever in his mind he was thinking, if that helped him to continue to search the scriptures and put himself in places where he can encounter and be that he would know, OK, this, this is indeed the savior. <clears throat> I have known reasons to I have. Uh, I, I said that about men because that's, you know, I as a man, I t- typically rush and become impatient a lot. But it also re- just reveals human nature, right? And so whether it's a man or a woman, we don't find ourselves eagerly waiting a lot because of everything that we have available to ourselves. This morning, my first page of my message didn't print out. So what I did I do? I have it on my phone. I had it already on my phone into my Google Docs. So right now, for the first part of it, I'm reading it off my phone. You can ask me anything, and I'm 90% sure I can find it on my phone. What, is, what do I think about this? Or where's the best place to eat? And I'm 90, 90% sure it would be somewhere accurate, depending on the question. Why? Because we're just like that, we can get whatever we need. But in this situation now where we are wanting to encounter Jesus and keeping things simple, the, the biggest thing for me is have, have I been eagerly waiting for certain things? And I think that's something for all of us. If we could slow ourselves down and just say, you know what, I'm gonna be so excited to wait for what Jesus is doing and, or is gonna do. He was excited about the wait because the gift to come would overshadow the pain and anxiety and pressure he felt while waiting for Jesus. I love going to North Dakota. Uh, just recently came back uh, about a month and a half ago now or close to that uh, with my daughter, Ayana. Love going up there to hunt. Love going up there because it's an open space. Um, a lot of hills, I should say, large hills where you could look out and see your dog run away from three, for th- three days with it being so flat. I go up there and I hunt and, um, um, and just the freedom I feel. And so this year, when we, when we started planning forward, um, I forgot exactly when we went, but I know about a month I was sort of planning and what it was going to look like and trying to move things around. Just to, I was eagerly waiting to load everything up the night before, hop in the car, and be ready to go the next day. Eagerly waiting for the, the opportunity to, to spend time with my daughter in that way and, and, and create some memories and, and hunt. The question I have for you are, is... Are you eagerly waiting for Jesus? Well, Jesus is here. What do you mean, Jesse? Are you eagerly waiting for him to take control of your bad eating habits? Your, your, maybe your um, lust. Maybe your inappropriate handling of funds, your money. It could be anything. Being a better parent, are you eagerly waiting for him to show up? Many a times we're eagerly waiting for Jesus to influence Tori's life, especially early in marriage. Jesus, you need to do something with her. <laughs> you know, or eagerly waiting for Jesus to do something in uh, Jonathan's life. But really what he wants to do is reveal himself to us first and affect us personally. <clears throat> Thank you.
and I'll, I'll get a little bit more than that, but I, the one thing I keep praying as, as Jesus is working on me with certain things is to not get over hopeful on the little, little things or the little steps. It's, it's almost like when you're waiting for someone to pick you up. I'm sure we've all been in that situation before. You're out there, you're waiting, and the, the forerunner pours up. You're waiting on a forerunner, great forerunner, and there's a great one that passes by. Oh, there's such and such. Oh, that's not them. All right. Oh, there's another. Oh, that, oh that's, that's not them either. Huh. I didn't realize this city had so many great forerunners. Right? And, and that's what happens. There's so, much, so many things that are throwing hope at us that we can attach to that could, quote unquote, make us feel saved or, you know, save us, right? And many people came during those times. I am the Jesus. Many have people have come since saying, I am Jesus. But the truth is, we gotta, if we eagerly wait on Jesus and we're devout and we're, we're, we're like Simeon waiting in those times, we would know him when he shows up. <clears throat> Trying to switch from my phone to the next place to make sure I'm in the right place. <clears throat> um, after we are in, after we encounter Jesus, after we get to that point where okay, we've eagerly waited, He's shown up. Then we get to see that next part, and it says in Romans um, eight, verse nineteen. <clears throat> for the creation waits eagerly, longing for the revealing of the sons of God that the more and more I become transformed because I've eagerly waited on Jesus, I can be someone who's revealed, I can be someone revealed to others. I can be, not in a sense Jesus, but someone who is carrying Jesus. And we'll see that in the next part of the story. As Anna is hanging out in the temple, she's passing by and she realizes, oh man, they're talk that, that is the, that's the person I've been praying and fasting for. It says that for the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. And this is for women also. So um, if I got to be the bride of Christ, you guys get to be the son of God. So we're working together in this. All right. <laughs> for creation was subject to fertility, not willing, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. That the creation itself will be set free from the bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. When I read that, I just hear creation being brought back into the use that God would have for it. That I think bees are here for the purpose of humans, that we could harvest bees, use their honey. You know, trees would be grown the way they're supposed to be grown, et cetera. Land would be taken care of the way it would be taken care, should be taken care of. Um, I read an article the other day, and I'm not a scientist, so I don't know how true it is or, or how good this is, but it seems like this article is saying that people have begun to harness fusion energy. Fusion energy is what, you, is what stars burn with, right? And it's, it's supposed to be a cheaper energy. So if they could harness it and use it, we would have better energy for cheaper is what the article is seeming to, to explain. I don't know how true it is, but my point is to get to that point. All of creation is yearning for the sons of God, people that God has imparted his image into to be able to have dominion and control of the resources here on earth. That's what I'm getting at. So if we wait eagerly for God to reveal himself to us, we would get to a point to where we can then reveal Jesus to others. 
<clears throat> Simeon was, wait, was eagerly waiting, and now he was able to see himself saved, but also his family and his neighbor and his military friends and his uh, fellow peers on the college campus and in, 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 in different workplaces. <clears throat> Point two, are you going places where you can encounter Jesus? Are you showing up so he can show out? what I heard one person say before. And are you at those places physically and in your heart posture? posture? <clears throat> uh, in verse 36, it says, Anna, a prophet, was also there in the temple. She was a daughter of Phanil from the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years. <clears throat> and it's sad. Then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. And um, in some places, it, it makes a mark that said she had been in the temple 84 years, so she might have been older than that. Um, but she never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting ex expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. <clears throat> Are you hanging out in places where God has a tendency to show up? Now, that don't mean Jesus won't show up on a mountain. I mean, our friend, I think it was Elijah, right? He was in, he was, he was in a uh, kind of a mountain hiding, right? Uh, fire came by, a uh, big wind storm came by, but it was a still quiet voice. So he, Jesus visited him there, but he was also fleeing. So that was kind of a different situation. But are you showing up in places where Jesus regularly meets with people, right? There is some importance to, and it's what they used to say in the Bible with the upper room, going away each day. There is importance to having a Sabbath. Those things we must do. Are you doing those regularly? But, I, but there's a tendency to either be just secluded by ourselves, and then the other side is it always with people. But God encourages us a healthy pattern of that. In the mornings, we're spending time with him. A weekly basis, we have a Sabbath. But then also that we're showing up in the temple. And this young lady, not being married, I'm, I, um, I, over, I say young lady, but this woman who had been in the temple so long, spent her time there fasting and praying. Because she wanted to, she, she was eagerly waiting. She too was eagerly waiting for Jesus to be revealed and pre be presented. I was texting a guy, I had met a guy on campus um, after just being out trying to meet folks, and um, he said, look, man, I've, I've been, I've did the Jesus thing before, I'm not really interested, because uh, he hasn't really showed himself. I said, hey, man, have you, when's the last time you've been to church? Well, it's been a while, well, what about praying? We, I, I pray all the time, but you know, you know and he, there was these excuses that he was coming back with. And so I just kept, tech, I kept going back and forth with him, uh, not in an argumentative way, just like, hey, man, have you tried these things? You know, getting back to the fundamentals of it, keeping it simple. Um, unfortunately, it hasn't went anywhere yet, but that point is that look, just keeping it simple. Encountering Jesus is simple. <clears throat> um, we have a tendency to try to overdo things. If you remember the story of uh, Naaman, right? He, he's got leprosy. He needs to be healed. He goes, hey... 
I think the, the way it goes, hey, if you go see this prophet, he'll heal you. The prophet, I don't think the prophet even comes out to speak with him and just say, hey, go dip seven times in the Jordan. And he, he's filled with rage because he didn't have some big extraordinary thing to be healed of his disease. Just go dip seven times in the Jordan. And the servant has to come to him. Hey, if you just, you know, if he'd have told you to do this, you'd have done it. If he told you to do this, you'd have done it. Just go dip. And he was healed. <clears throat> we try to do things. We try to, I don't want to, I'm thinking I'm going to be laboring. But I, my, my point is that we just want to keep it simple. Um, and one of them is being involved in church, in the church activities, uh, community groups, coming to church regularly, being involved in church, serving in any way. And I know that for some of us, that, that could be a little bit painful because we've been hurt by the church. But that indeed is where God has a tendency to show up. I know it's full of liars and, and, and hypocrites and uh, um, people who may not handle money the best way. Yeah, churches do have that because they're people. But I also, my experience with the churches that I've attended, that it's people who are full of faith. People who want to grow in their faith, people who are full of service and hospitality, people who want to see Jesus expanded. They want to see Manhattan's Messiah throughout the city and to the ends of the earth. And so the best thing we could ever do is attach ourselves to a church and then and, and, and let God use that to help us grow. Mm. Some of the relationships I have now I would have never dreamed of or imagined had I not attached myself and been a part of a church and began growing in that way. <clears throat> Um, because Jesus came to restore relationships, God, because Jesus came to restore relationships, our relationship to God, uh, I'm not sure where I was going with that, so I'm going to skip that one. Let's move on to the part where, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? I think the first two things are obvious. Are you eagerly waiting? Are you showing up in places where God wants to show out. You're in places where he's gonna show up. But there is a warning. It's kinda of like those commercials. Take this drug, it'll help you do this. But side effects may be headaches, you know, tremors, whatever, whatever it be. There is, a, there is a warning. It's gonna cost you. It's gonna cost you, right? Uh, 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 Anna was in there praying and fasting. The first time someone mentioned to me about fasting, I probably was two years old in the Lord, if that's how we could say it. Um, they said, they were having a conversation with someone and they replied to this other person going, well, have you fasted about it to help see that person give their life to God? And I went, who would give up food to see someone <laughs> saved? Why, why would you do something like that? And it, it literally, I feel like my spirit took a sit down like, and I got to do something like that to see people say, you know, but it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you maybe the way you, your lifestyle It's going to cost you maybe the way you spend your money. It's going to cost you maybe how you spend your time. When Jesus shows up, if you're eagerly waiting for him and you go to a place where he shows up and he shows up, it's going to, it's most likely going to cost you something. Uh, Jonathan was telling me a story about someone he was engaging with at the Dollar General store, cashier guy, who just wanted to bring value to this Dollar General. And the way he wanted to do it was he was going to have a Christmas, uh, he was going to be Santa Claus, he was going to dress up as Santa Claus, volunteer his time, and, and advertising, and, you know, kids could come and take pictures with Santa Claus. We all remember those, right? Remember those days? Yeah, that was fun. 
And so, but as he got to talking to his manager, manager had to go to corporate and they said, look, we can't do that because if we have a Santa Claus at your store, we're gonna have to have a Santa Claus at all the stores we have. But we are willing to help you, but you have to take out an insurance policy, a um, temporary insurance policy. It's gonna cost you 400 bucks. And so to do something very simple, dress up as Santa Claus, pose with kids, have photos taken with the parents, it's gonna cost him 400 bucks for him to add value to the store where he was working. If Jesus shows up, it's gonna cost you something. And the guy did it. I forgot to miss that part. And the guy still did it. <laughs> so um, I, I want to miss this last point, and then we're going we're gonna to close. It, it's amazing to me that she spent her time in the temple. Simeon spent his time in the temple. And I, I want to just paint this one last picture. If, if you want to see Jesus, if you're eagerly waiting and you want to see him, you're going to have to leave where you're at. You're going to have to leave your spiritual position to where you're at. If I wanted our marriage to be as good and as, as strong as I thought it could be, I had to leave a lot of Jesse behind, a lot of what I thought Jesse was behind, what Jesse was. I had to leave that behind. The same thing for how we parent. The old ways of parenting was I had to leave that behind and really sh go to the place where I knew Jesus was showing up. Many of the times that was in other people's lives. Reading was not an exciting thing for me, but I remember it was actually Jonathan. It was actually Reagan, uh, one of our first foster sons. I had never heard of uh, the Lion Rich in the war Wardrobe, and I can't even say it right. So I'll tell you how much I still remember it. But the first time that book was introduced to us was through Reagan um, had given it the whole series to our first foster son. And from there, the Chronicles of Narnia was, was birthed in our lives, and now I like it. But I say that because this idea of reading, it was like, man, this is something parents do for their kids. But I didn't grow up reading. I didn't grow up with that love. So that was a that I had to leave that place of not caring about reading to let's introduce it to now loving it and, and, and wanting, that, wanting to see that in our kids' life, uh, developing and being better readers. And so, uh, what are you going to do about it? Eagerly wait. Be excited for waiting. Um, show up where he's going to show up. And then it's going to cost you. It's going to be tough. But I've seen this in the temple over and over. I've seen it. I've seen God in my temple, expectantly, expecting him to show up in my life and me being changed by it. I've showed it in the temple of our, I've seen it in the temple of our home, and I've seen it in the churches I've been involved with. That if you could trust and add those simple things, you're going to see it happen, not only in your life, but in your home, in uh, your church, and all through Manhattan. And this is what I see. That's what I've seen, and that's what I see for us. That, that it can happen in our lives, in our homes, and, and so forth. And so I want to end with this, this simple thing, because this, I, we were practicing, practicing this song last week, and it just, it had me almost wanted to cry. I had to pull it back as we were playing it. And if you would just listen for a moment. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error, in error pining till he appeared in a soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope the weary soul rejoices, for yonder breaks 
a new and a glorious morning. Fall on your knees. O oh, hear the angels' voices. O oh, night divine. O oh, night when Christ was born. O oh, night divine. O oh, night divine. Jesus, we just thank you. you thank, we thank you, God, for sending your son for us. We thank you, God, for David and Mary, uh, Joseph and Mary, Lord, who birthed him and, and did as best they could to raise him. We thank you, Jesus, for living the life he did and submitting to the cross and in raising and arising and, 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 and living even now today on your throne as our triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We thank you that you have that same gift for us every day that we could come out of the old and be made this new creation, that we are saved, but we could be, that we could, we are being saved, Lord, that we're being transformed regularly if we eagerly wait for you and show up in those places that you are showing up at, Lord. I pray, Lord, one Merry Christmas, not as a, just a simple gesture, but Merry Christmas, that people would have a Merry Christmas, Lord, and that they would keep it simple, that encountering you is simple, and that that would be their heart posture as they go from this place. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.